Hi. Hey there. So with me is Sherry Soltis. Hi, everybody. And she's running for a political position here in Central Texas. What are you running for? That's right. It's Travis County Commissioner in Precinct 3, and that is the last red seat that we are trying to flip to blue in Travis County. And we're very excited because the Republican incumbent just came out a few days ago and said he is not seeking re-election. Mm-hmm. And the deadline to file is tomorrow. So we have a really great chance to make history here and flip the seat to blue. So why do you want to do that? Well, it's just my way of trying to do a Hebrew phrase called tikam olam, which is heal the world or repair the world. Uh, when I see people who are being treated unfairly and when I see money rolling over people who don't have the means to uh, compete or do battle with it, I want to step in and stand up for the little person mm-hmm. or the disenfranchised person or the marginalized person, which includes the environment and animals and all of those things. So it's just like when you're driving and you might see a dog or a kitten on the side of the road, you have this, you just feel compelled to help. And that's why I'm running because I tend to say the only thing worse than running is not running. So mm-hmm. this is the way I address my unhappiness about the way I see things heading is to take action. So remind us, remind me, what does the Travis County Commissioner do? Well, every county has four sections called precincts, and I'm you have to run in the one where you live, so I mm-hmm. live in Precinct 3. Uh, every county is governed by five people, the four uh, heads of the precincts, which are commissioners, and the county judge. They can't make laws, but they have a big budget that they administer, so it's like the nonprofit that I've run for 32 years you prioritize a budget and you try to get as much done to make things as good as possible. The county, um, anything that ends in Travis County, like they run the jail, they pay for that. Uh, The elections, the courthouse, the sheriff's office, they build a lot of our roads and bridges. They manage wildlife. They are in charge of the littler fire departments outside of Austin. They're called emergency services districts like Manchac and Lakeway. They do the budget for them. So Uh, They do have the power of the purse, so it's a way to um, even address things like development versus keeping spaces green, uh, development versus no infrastructure where the communities don't have good enough roads, which is why we see Highway 71 so congested and all the fatalities. Even at one intersection at Hamilton Pool Road and Highway 71 last year, there were 66 collisions, which is like more than one wreck a week. So when you have um, family members, especially younger ones driving, you have a real concern. Are they going to get home in one piece or not? Mm -hmm. And I want to make things safer for people. So how is what you want to do or what you're going to do uh, as a Democrat, how is that going to be different from what the the current Republican commissioner? Well, they were very developer friendly. So a lot of developments just got um, the red carpet rolled out for them. So a lot of natural spaces were bulldozed uh, to put up a lot of houses Uh, which further burdens our water supply. The subdivisions are put up very quickly with only one way to get in and out, which is dangerous if there's an emergency and you have to evacuate. It's also troublesome just to get to work and home in one day. So we'd like to have more reasonable development and not just give uh, developers anything they want because Mm -hmm. um, they're contributing to your campaign. Okay, so that that was a sneak little criticism of uh, the current commissioner. So do you think that the previous commissioner was basically bought by developers or other people with money? Well, all politicians have to make their financial uh, reports public. Right. And you can see who 
donates to them. And mm-hmm. then you can look at the decisions they make and you can draw your own conclusions. Are they favoring people who donate a lot of money? And um, these are all public record under the Texas Ethics Commission. You can also find out who each person donates to. So if you're wondering where somebody's loyalties lie, you can look at the amount of donations they get and who where they're coming from. Are they coming from development companies or development political action committees, super conservative ones that want to maybe um, limit rights of people, like um, what they learn in school, who they love, who they can marry, things like that, the immigration status, all those things. So you can draw your own conclusions with that. Who's donating to you then, Sherry? Well, we can always use more donations. My mother, actually, she did not give donate this time. She donated when I ran for state. Um, good. She's on your side? Yeah, she's on my side right. um, intermittently. Um, most of my donations are from people who I've met in the community. I did run for state representative in 2018 in House District 47, which did end up getting flipped. So we're glad about that. And Precinct 3 of the counties basically very similar geographic territory. They, they almost overlap each other. The large percentage is the same people on the same issues. So all those people I met when I ran last time, I just took with me again. Mm-hmm. And our campaign, it's nice because there are no uh, campaign limits. When you run for Congress or president, a donor can only give so much. But with ours, they can do whatever they want. So hmm. uh, we are we know how to make the most out of a dollar so we can always use more donations. But our donations tend to be in the $100 range. We're real excited if we get a $100 or $500 donation. A lot of them are $10 and $25. So they're people that I've met when I've been campaigning and they want to invest in the community's future. Yeah. I always worry about, basically, they always say, if you have more money, you're the one who's going to win. Um, so is that true? Do you think like you just need more funds and then you can win this race? Or what does it take to win? Well, campaigns have two resources, time and money. We started our campaign a year and a half ago. So, for example, if you're going to order something a year and a half out, you can get it for a cheaper price. If you're going to order it the day before, you need to have it rushed. It's going to be more expensive. So it's the wise spending of money. So you have your time and you have your money. So I've made over 10,000 calls to voters to check in with them because I started over a year ago. And I started knocking on doors in March, so I've knocked on well over 3,000 doors now. Typically, a county campaign is run on a 90-day game plan. Uh, The candidate will have a lot of money. They'll hire college kids, and they'll go put leaflets on doors. And then they'll do about five mailed pieces, which in this case is not very good because they're competing with all the mailed published pieces from the presidential candidates and Senate and Congress and everything else. So... County commissioners are very low on the ballot, and it's that stuff's just going to get recycled. One mailer costs $4.50, which is to print it and to put the postage on it. To knock on a door is a dollar a house, so it's much more efficient. So um, it's the wise use. Sometimes people will spend more money and still lose. Some of it's the demographics. Right now, it's this area is trending more liberally. It's trending towards women. It's trending towards uh, women who have a uh, law background, things like, you're like that. You're talking about people who are going to vote? No, the candidates that, the that ca- they are embracing. I see, I see. And you are like that demographic, I would say. Right. And um, our precinct is a little more conservative. It was gerrymandered um, eight or ten years ago to be pretty Republican. Mm-hmm. However, because of people moving in attrition, it's it's shifted a lot to Democrats. So I think that's one of the reasons that okay. the incumbent just saw the writing on the wall and decided not to seek re-election. 
Yeah. So who's running on the conservative side, the Republican side? Uh, it has. They haven't come out and said who is running yet. So okay. either nobody is or they're not proud of it or it's a big surprise, a big reveal. <laughs> uh, we don't know yet. All right. Are there any political issues that are really burning on your mind right now? Well, the interesting thing, the two, there's two things about county government that are interesting to me, just as an everyday person. One is how counties got started. And I know that's what's on your mind. Always. That's what I'm thinking of right now. Well, back when Spain owned Texas, a county was as far as you could ride your horse in one day. And they would put down a courthouse and say, we're civilized. And they were called municipios, like municipalities. That's why we still use the term commissioner's court, even though it's more like a governing body. It's not a, a court where they have legal cases and the head of that person, the head of that body is called the county judge, even though it's not a <clears throat> judge Judy sort of judge. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting thing. The most interesting thing to me, just historical, is kind of cute to pic- picture them riding a horse. The second thing is there's only five people running the county. So the commissioner will do a lot in his or her precinct, but I will be 20 percent of the whole vote on countywide issues. Hmm. So issues like food justice, sometimes called food deserts, criminal justice reform, we still don't have just starting to look at maybe getting a public defender's office for adults, hmm. access to health care for underserved populations, addressing climate change. I'd like to convert all of our county vehicles to um, electric and get all of our county owned buildings with solar panels and whatever the greenest of the green is. And also have that done for free by a company so we can be a model community and they can collect data and we can, they can use that to uh, sell the same package to other communities. And they're doing it all over the world. So I've been talking to several companies about that. Uh, people think of Tesla, but they are, there are lots of other companies that do that. So that's real exciting. Hmm. And so you'd be working with your fellow county commissioners then, right, on stuff like that? Right. And and the other thing counties do is they work at multiple levels of government. They Like a county may be over more than one city. Mm-hmm. So Travis County includes Austin, part of Austin, no, all of Austin. And it also includes Lakeway, Bee Cave, Manshack, these littler municipalities, Westlake. But they tie them all together. They bridge them. They right. can also help bridge the cities to the state government and to the federal government. I've worked on legislation at the national level, which I'm doing now, state level for 23 years, city ordinances. And uh, it's if you just get people in a room and you get them all trying to solve a problem, you usually can find a way to figure it out if you are very, very inclusive. For example, criminal justice reform, the issue of should we have a public defender's office for adults? When I was studying it, the lawyers have one way of looking at it. The activists have another way of looking at it. They don't always agree, but it's important to get people who were former defendants and their families at the table also, so it's not just a one-way discussion. Uh, When I went to a big symposium at Houston Tillotson University on food justice, and the term food desert, which is now called food justice, means you don't have easy access to healthy food. So people in those communities buy their food at the fast food dollar menu or at a gas station. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has a search engine, and if you type in Travis County, Texas, everything east of I-35 lights up as a food Mm -hmm. desert. And when I'm Mm -hmm. on that side of town, I do notice, oh, I don't see grocery stores. I just see uh, Popeyes. And when children are fed food that's not nutritious and they don't have access to health care, preventative health care because they've closed down those clinics, they are not going to do as well in school. They might act up in school. 
and we know statistically children of color are punished more harshly, then they end up in juvenile detention center, which is run by Southwest Key that our county mm-hmm. contracts with, which I think is something we really need to take a good look at. And that's a polite way of saying we should not be doing that because that Southwest Key runs the child internment camps in Tornillo. So they, uh, I find that unethical. They have blood on their hands. They're supposedly a nonprofit, but they have a lot of issues about their um, business ethics, the way they handle their money. So I'd like to take a good look at that contract. Right. And, and privatizing jails, especially juvenile detention centers, is has a risk of putting profit over people. So are they cutting corners? It Does it benefit them to have more people there longer and less turnover so they can run it more efficiently? Um, those are all things that I think really need to be looked into. And that's those things compel me to keep fighting to uh, flip the seat. Thanks, Sherry. You gave us lots of good examples. I think that clarifies for me a little bit better what you could do as a commissioner. And I feel like I didn't know that before. And I hope more people do know that you control all the money is what it sounds like for affecting things like that. Exactly. It's the power of the purse. And I'm these 3000 doors I've knocked on people are asking a lot about homelessness. One thing that I would love to do proactively is when the county is contracting with big companies, I'd like to prioritize women and minority owned businesses and companies that we make sure pay their employees a very livable wage and health benefits so we can also prevent more homelessness from occurring. So I'd like mm-hmm. to make sure we prioritize companies with best practices mm-hmm. because that's a way to um, proactively keep people in their homes in the first place. At least those who are um, experiencing homelessness for economic issues. I had an hour or two meeting with a representative from the Austin Police Officers Union and there are different categories of people experiencing homelessness. So that directive of uh, best practices companies we contract with is for to address the people that are having economic problems versus fleeing domestic abuse mm-hmm. and the mental health challenges and things like that. Right, right. Um, okay. Well, thank you for uh, talking on this podcast for a little bit, Sherry. My pleasure. Um, is it all right to give a website? Yeah. Well, um, I would love uh, to have you guys be guests on my website. It's sherryfortexas.com. I spell Sherry, S-H-E-R-I. So it's Sherry and then F-O-R and Texas spelled out dot com. And I'd love to hear from people. Uh, whether you're in Precinct 3 or not, I want to be your commissioner. All right. Thank you so much. That's sherryfortexas.com. Exactly.